0: in my failures you won't walk out your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea Whoa, you are the peace in my trouble in the silence you won't let go in my questions. Peace in my troubled sea. You are my life, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. I will follow you, oh my lighthouse, my lighthouse. I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. Show sure. heart and mind on you, Jesus. I'm reaching my head to yours, believing in so much more, knowing that all you have in store for me is good, it's good. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it Today is the day you have made I will rejoice and be glad in it I won't worry about tomorrow I'm trusting in what you say Today is the day Fears aside, I'm leaving my doubts behind, I'm giving my hopes and dreams to you, Jesus. I'm reaching my head to yours, I'm leaving it so much more, knowing that all you have in store for me is good. It is good. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I won't worry about tomorrow. When in what you say, today is the day. Your truth. Yeah. I will stand upon your truth. And all my days I live for you. All my days I live for you. I will stand upon your truth. I will stand upon your truth. And all my days I live for you. And all my days I live. you You have made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, is. and I won't worry about tomorrow. i giving you my fears and sorrows. Will you? because Every day we'll bow before the lion and the lamb Every day we'll bow before him So open up the gate, make way before the king is here to set the captives free for who can stop the Lord Almighty sing it out our God is the lion the lion of Judah he's roaring with power and fighting our battles every day will bow before him our God was slain. For the sins of the world, his blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him, Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain, for the sins of the world, His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb.
1: praise your name on this Labor Day weekend where we are thankful that today is the day we get another day off. And so God, and and may this day be a special day, may be the day that you're coming on the clouds. And God, that you're set to let the captives free, that this, who can stop the Lord Almighty, there is no one. So God, as we continue our worship now, we always just want to thank you for everybody in the sound of my voice for all your children. Just send your Holy Spirit to be upon us. We thank you for the many blessings that we have. And so God, now as we continue to honor you through receiving your offering um, God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to just be upon them, not for our, our uh, needs only here, but for around the world, God. Just do your ministry in a mighty way. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name.
0: Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you, oh, we live for you Holy, there is no one like there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show
1: Everyone, at this time, we're going to let our children head out to Haven Shoreline. You see somebody else say, it is good to see you here today. So there's these questions we all ask, big questions, that have a huge effect on our lives. But there's all this information out there that makes finding a solution difficult. So we came up with a better way to give you the answers that you need. We did a survey at Easter and compiled a list of your top six most asked questions. That list then became a roadmap for this message series. Each week, we'll examine a single question and discover God's answers based on His Word. It's a series we like to call,
0: boasting about tomorrow. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that.
1: All right, everyone. Good morning. How you doing? Thank you very much. Not <laughs> bad. It's all good. So let's take a look here. A um, couple things that we have as we look. I want to lift up some of our prayers on our prayer list. Today, uh, Joanne um, has a prayer um, and that is a praise that uh, Hannah is home and Harper is doing really well. And they're praying for continued healing of her kidneys and to be able to come home soon. So um, also prayers for, um, for Harry Landis and family. He is on hospice care and pray for peace, comfort, and strength for him and his entire family. Um, Judy Music asked for prayers for a lady who's right here. Uh, right there, Dot Logan. Dot is 94 years young. Let's see her. There she is. All right, Dot. She's getting started on the next 94 now, right? Okay. Went and saw Ron and Linda Seward, uh, run, uh, some of the early uh, people in our church, and they watch every week. Hi, Linda um, and Ron. Great to see you. Um, Judy also asked for safe uh, travels for her and Jenny on a two-week road trip. Um, and Amanda Burton for liver and colon cancer. We're going to lift that up. Um, another one. Man, another one for your birthday, Dot. A lot of people are celebrating your birthday. So we have those. Okay. Chris, you got something real quick? my, my niece
0: just had a baby named
1: Camilla Rose. Okay, so we pray for new babies and all kinds of good stuff like that. So let's go to the Lord uh, in prayer today. God, we come to you today. We thank you for new babies, particularly um, in this case, Camilla Rose and for uh, Hannah and for Harper, who um, are doing well, and that Hannah's home, and Harper, we're praying that soon we'll be there. And Lord, we thankful for, uh, for, the, um, for other things like birthdays, 94 years young, and we thank you for Dot and her life and, and her ministry and just her love for you and for others. Um, Lord, and there's so many others who are who are dealing with uh, things like cancer and for hospice and um, all kinds of other things. Lord, we know that you know uh, what the... what each one of us needs, what each one of us is struggling or dealing with. And um, in that, God, we, we want to trust in you that only in you do we have the answers. And so, Lord, in the remainder of this time to, together, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us, to direct us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to convict us. And God, whatever it may be, that you will totally, totally let your name be lifted higher and higher. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. All right. A couple announcements that I want to touch on uh, today. And um, Number one, if you're visiting with us, welcome. We're glad that you are here, and we're excited about that. and just want you to relax, hopefully you received a card, and um, we'll be glad to have you, uh, to just want to welcome you in any kind of way, relax, and enjoy, um, and happy, happy Labor Day, or whatever it is, this one, right, how many people mess it up and say Memorial Day one day, and Labor Day the other, either way, um, youth group, um, they uh, will not be meeting today due to the holiday, and they'll meet again on the 8th of September, uh, a couple other things. Again, I want to draw your attention to Grief Share if you're interested in joining with that. Um, Also, we have an uh, announcement about Paris Foundation for their annual dinner and auction. If you'd like to help that, it'll be at Sandy Cove on November the 7th. It's never too early to talk about November. Believe that or not. So uh, we have that. Also, in the front row, there are some clipboards. You can also connect online. But on September 27th, Um, We will be serving lunch at Community Kitchen in Elkton. And um, they need uh, several volunteers. It will be at Elkton Presbyterian Church. Um, I'd ask if you would to just please stand, if you have the clipboards in your area, just please start those around so that everybody can get a chance to uh, volunteer or you can connect online as well. All right? And then September 15th will be our next time in serving at uh, the Parish Foundation. Okay? All right. Everybody good? Are you sure? Alright, so we're, everybody ready? Let me see. I want to get a good look at you. I know Jim's going to bring the lights up here in a bit so I can get a good look at you so you can't sleep. There you go. Alright, just want to make sure. So we have a couple of announcements. Today we are beginning a new series. Um, it is a six week series and um, this one's really cool. Back in Easter. Remember Easter? Anybody remember Easter, okay? Um, If you remember back at Easter, we passed out a questionnaire. And on that questionnaire, it had several different things about what you would like to have a message about. And so we decided, at that time, we took those and we compiled them. It wasn't one of those church things that we have you do something and we don't ever talk about it again. But this time, we went ahead and we compiled the top six uh, things that you said that you would want to hear, have a message about. And so today we're starting that, day one, um, right here. And there's some really cool ones, and I'm excited about some of these things. Everybody had some, uh, some good answers and some other things. So, but the number one, which I'm really excited, a- is that it is um, basically, what is God's plan for my life? How do I hear from God? What is my purpose? What is that thing in life that I want to connect to? And that's a great question. Look at the person next to you and say, good question. Good question. And the reason why it's a good question is because some people could care less what God's will for their life is or what God is saying to them. And most often, many people want to do our own will and have God bless it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do this, and then we get in a situation where say, God, where were you? He said, I was over here and where your will is, where the will for you is. Come back over, and we'll get it straight. Okay? So he, um, that's where we are. So really, how do I know God's will for my life? What is God's plan for my life all oh, those different kinds of things so today the verse that was just read for us uh, so wonderfully I'm going to put it back up here and here it is again look at what it says now listen you say today or tomorrow we go to do to this or that city to spend a year and carry on business and make money how many of you are bound by your calendars Anybody? How many are so bound by it that it pops up on everything you have, your computer, your phone, and it tells you everything, your watches now? All those kind of things, right? We are so bound by it. How many of you aren't bound by it, but you kind of have an idea of stuff that you have to do, and you're making sure, oh, man, I got to get that done. If I don't get that done, the whole earth will implode, and I've got to be here, do that. And sometimes, how many of you made plans for tomorrow? Tomorrow? Everybody? Okay, everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to chill out. Some of you are like, okay. How many of you have a list of things you have to get done before you relax tomorrow? How many have, are not going to relax because you're calling a lot of people over that are going to drive you absolutely insane, and you'll be glad when they go, and you'll say, why do we do this every year to ourselves when we get that time off? All right, so we do this kind of thing. So a lot of us are making plans, and plans are not bad, but when we get bound by it, it's not. And so what he's saying is, you're saying, tomorrow I'm going to do this, next day I'm going to do that, other day I'm going to do this, 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 this. And then look what he says here in the next verse here. He's, but the Bible says this, why do do you, why? You do not even know what, what will happen tomorrow. And then I, that question, why? You don't even know what's going to happen. We think we know what's going to happen, but we don't know what's going to happen. And then it says, I love the statement, what is your life? It's kinda, isn't that kind of harsh? What is your life? What are you talking about? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So what this, what this means is, you are this. All right? That's right. He's our drummer. Okay? So, but, that's your life. Did you see it again? Don't. That's what you are. Isn't that nice to know? Happy Labor Day. Have a great weekend. God bless. Right? What happened to, what happened to, oh, oh, Jesus, I lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's why people sit in the back. I told you. Um It's all the worship team. It's an anointing. Okay, there we go. Um, (laughs) Did I get all the way back there? Hallelujah! That's power, right? (laughs) I got a couple rows. Got a couple sections. Look at that. That's awesome. Okay, if you don't remember anything else, you know, don't sit in the front. He'll spit on you. Okay, Um, but you're missed. You're missed. That's it. But you say, wait a second, Jack, what's all this stuff about? I'm so valuable to God. It says we make so many plans about our life, day in and day out, day in and day out. And what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, it affected some people, but it's gone now, mostly, all right? So it's gone. It's gone that's there. And so what it truly means here, and they'll be glad that I didn't do this, it means like when you put a pot on the stove and you heat it up and that vapor goes, shh, and then It's gone. That's what your life is in the grand scheme of everything. And we make so many plans and get so wrapped up into so much stuff that really is like so minuscule in the grand scheme of life. He says, instead, we ought to say this. We ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this and that. Anybody know many people who would say, hey, Lord willing, the creek don't rise, or hey, if it's God's will, like I've not, I've met some people who said, yeah, if it's God's will, I'll be there tomorrow. Or if the Lord's willing, I'm going to be there. And and often it becomes like a mantra. But in other ways, it becomes somebody's complete existence that this is what I want to do. First John says in First John, it says it this way. You see, because God does care. I don't want to leave you mixed up in this. God does care about the world and every single thing that's in it. Otherwise, John 3.16 would not be important for God to love the world. So God cares about those things that are there, but I think he thinks we care too much more about things in this world than we do the things of eternity or God's plan for us. And it says this, the world and its desires will pass away, but the man or the woman who does the what? Will of God will live forever. So, what we're saying is, I want to know the will of God. I want to know God's call in my life. I want to know my purpose, the reason why God has me here in this mist of a life. I want to know what God has planned for me. Because if it's just a vapor that's here and gone, I want to make the most of that vapor moment for what God has called me to do. So in all this, what I've been saying so far is great question, great question. So many of you, and I think it's really good because many of us sitting here right now may be in a quandary or a, um, a, a time of decision where we're trying to figure out something. Um, you know, when we're younger, it's what toy should I play with, this one or that one? When, we, when I get a little bit older, it might be when I go to elementary school, what band instrument should I play? Should I play the tuba or should I play the violin? We might ask those questions. When we get a little bit older, we start to have the questions which some uh, people in our in our church have already dealt with. What college should I go to? And then when we get into college, we say, what major should I have? And then after we take our first class, we say, what major should I switch to? And we may have that question. Um, and then we might go along... Uh, after that, and then we say, uh, well, I've been dating someone. Should I marry, marry that person or not? Should I do that? And then should I have kids or, or not? And should I have one or should I have 20 or what should I have? The, the decisions may get bigger, but we still have them. But in all those things, we need to ask, what is the will of God? What is the will of God here for my life? What does God want me to do? Where, has, where does God see me? going here. So we want to look at some of these things as we begin to share. So what I'm going to do in this section is I want to share first of all, I want to share a section of uh, of you know, it's just some 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 good ways to do it because there's some bad ways. Like some of us may say, you know, we may have that decision, what animal should I buy? Dog or cat? I'll tell you. Dog. Dogs are from heaven, cats are from the other place. Now, um, <laughs> anyway, all right, so, but anyway, um, so here we go. Um, there, there are some people who make these, try to see the God, God's will in, in not so good ways, like the fleece way, okay? A fleece where you just, it, it's, it comes from uh, Gideon where he puts a fleece out, and if it's this, if it's not, if it's wet, if it's dry, if, and this is dry, and that's wet. But here's how we do it we have this kind of thing where we say, okay, all right, God, if it's sunny, I'm gonna go to church tomorrow. God, if it's raining, I'm going to I'm going to go to church or if it's if it's raining if I'm going to go invite the, that person I don't like in my family over um, tomorrow if it's sunny because then they'll stay outside. But if it's not I'm not, God, you tell me. If then. We get anybody ever done that if then, right? We've all done that. Well, if if God is this and if if not, it's that. Or like it's like the Dieter who was really struggling at this point. I mean, he was doing so well, but at this point, and he went by a Dunkin Donuts. He went by and he said, "Okay, God, if it's your will, he saw that sign, he said, if it's your will for me to have a donut, there'll be a parking spot right in front by the door. (laughs) And he said, after the fifth time around, hallelujah, there it was. Okay. (laughs) So if then, we get caught up in a lot of those other kind of things. Another method that I've done plenty of times before in my life, um, and it's probably not the best method, I call it Bible roulette. Anybody ever done that? Where you go, round and around it goes, round and around, stop. And then you look at that, you don't like that one, around and around it goes again. It's like uh, the man who tried that one time. He grabbed his Bible, he flipped in, and this is the verse he came to. Here we go. You got it? So Hanun sees David's men, shaved them clean, cut off their robes halfway to their buttocks, and sent them packing. And he said, okay, what's the next answer? And here it was. He went to Luke, and it said this. Jesus said, go and do the same, Okay. (laughs) So be careful about Bible roulette, and be careful about your robes with people who are playing that. All right. So what you see, we can get in trouble at times with that. You're like, they have a thing that says robe cut to the buttocks. Yes, that's scripture. All right. So what we want to do is we we want to see it about the will of God. Some people ask, is it a big thing? Is it like the will of God? Boom. Or is it a narrow thing? Is it like the will of God for here? Because um, we're all told that. With death, there's an appointed time for a man. And we we begin to ask questions like this. You know, we say, okay, well, yeah, I realize that I have a certain time, but we can do things to speed that up, right? Um, Or is that God's will? And some people say, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, it's like the person who got on the plane and and told the person who was really nervous, come on, we know that everybody has a time, and if it's your time, there's nothing you can do, go ahead and get on the plane. And he said, yeah, I'm fine with you and me, but what if it's the pilot's time to go? I don't want to get on that plane, right? That's it. They're good good questions, right? They are. But the best way to start this today is what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you some theological background. Okay, so we're going to get some like Godhead stuff, and then we're going to get into some practical things, and I will tell you that God kind of took this a different direction, so we'll see where it goes, all right? So, um, all right, so the first thing is that we want to look at is there is the sovereign will of God. There is the sovereign will of God, and the sovereign will of God is, uh, is a, a major thing that we have here, and what we're really saying in the sovereign will of God is it's It's um, in the sovereign will of God. It's what is God doing on earth? What is God doing on earth? What are the things that we know that God is already doing? What is He doing here? Do I know what it is? Am I in line with it? What is God's? And then it helps shape God's will and plan for our life. Now I like to think um, I I am a horrible golfer. Anybody played golf? I'm not talking about putt putt. I'm talking about like go out on the fairway, hit the ball. The thing. Anybody? Who's played it? Raise your hand. Okay, isn't it the most frustrating thing ever in, in, in God's green earth? Until you get a little bit good, but I never reached there. So what I'm saying is, if you look at, at the game of golf, you can hit the ball, and you hope to stay in the fairway, where the grass is really short, and it's easier to hit the ball off of, supposedly. But often, if you play like I do, you get into the areas called the rough, where it's higher grass, and it's harder to get in, uh, get out of there. Or you may be in the woods, or you may be in some of the sand traps, which they call hazards or water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, you go with me, you better take a bucket of balls because that's what happens. I, so the job is to stay straight and narrow to the pin, to the flag, and put it in the hole, right? But often, if you play like me, you're here, 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 here. And sometimes when you're off in the rough and, or off in a really bad place, you have to waste a shot just to get back in line on the fairway so you can shoot forward. And so as we look at this, I started thinking about this. We look at the sovereign will of God as half of that fairway. That half of that fairway is God's sovereign will. That it's what he's already doing. It's what, it's what his plan is. And we say that in the Lord's Prayer. It says, it's what, God, I know, what my, you, you know, I know you have a plan for my life, but I want to be that plan to be in line with your overall plan. Because it, all, it always is. The plan that God has for your, lo- for your life is always in line with his overall sovereign plan. And so the Lord's Prayer says it this way. It says, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, On earth as it is heaven. Long before we ever ask for, give us today our daily bread. Long before we ask for what we want, we're saying, God, give me what you want. Show me your will. Show me your direction in, in life. So that's the first thing. And I want to get my life in line with that. The second thing that we have is the second half of the fairway, and that is the moral will of God. And like I said, it's the other side of the fairway, and this is what God has already said in his word. In his word, we already know what God has said. So God is doing something in the sovereign will throughout this plan. He's told us his moral will and what he said. And we spent a lot of time in our last series talking about this, right? In cleaning house. Getting the stuff out of our life that might not be in that moral will of God. And filling it with things that are in the moral will of God so that we can be in that fair way. And then there's the third thing. The personal will of God. What does God desire for my life? What is God's plan and purpose for my life? What does God desire for my life? And what I found out is when you take, and we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about that, what I find out is, uh, if I say it this way, the more I get to know the sovereign will of God and the moral will of God, I can better discern the personal will of God for my life. But I need to know the sovereign will of God, or as much as I can, and I need to get in the word so I know his moral will, and that way I can aim in between those, those kind of guidelines and stay out of doing what I usually do in life. God, what's your will? And I don't take time to see his sovereign will or when his kingdom come. I usually take time to take the moral will and apply it to what I'm doing. Why am I in the rough over here? And he says, well, because you haven't been in here. Everybody with me? You understand? Okay, I just wanted to give you a visual image. So I will tell you, right here is where I was going to give you this nice list. It's going to be a nice list of things that you can actually just go, boom, right here. And God really really took this in a different way. I was going to talk to you about, you need to check your relationship with God. This is good for another sermon. We'll hit it some other time. A relationship with God. What does the Bible say about it? What would Jesus do in those situations? Have you sought godly counsel? Um, are you at peace with it? And then ultimately we're going to crescendo up to the, and there, here's the will of God. Boom. Right? Sound like a good sermon? Not going to give it to you today. Okay. What, what I was thinking about this is that in thinking about all this, there are there are two things, two major challenges in life that we end up with, especially when we're trying to seek God's will or plan for our life, when we're trying to to discern or figure out um, God's purpose, or what's our purpose for being here. And it, one of the things is, I really believe that if we meet these well, and that we will live a fulfilled life, and those around us will benefit by. Those things that we do. And what you say, okay, Jack, what are the two things? And I have these here. Number one is, in life, we need to find ourselves. Okay, we need to find ourselves. That's the first thing we need to do. And how do we find ourselves? I believe we find ourselves by finding and discovering our purpose for living. Okay, we find ourselves. There is nothing better than when you feel like you're in the zone of what you're supposed to do in life. Like, somebody may be here that has found that. But you just really feel like you are in the zone. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is the right place. And there's something that's secure about it. There's something that's in the zone. Have you ever been in your life where you know you're not in the right place? You know you're not in the right situation. It's just wrong. And and you just, it just kind of haunts you every day. But when you... When you know that you're in the right place, when you find yourself, it just seems like everything starts to flow together from that place. The second thing is to lose ourselves. We find ourselves is the one challenge, and the other part is to lose ourselves. And that happens when our purpose becomes bigger than we are. So we find ourselves in finding our purpose, but we lose ourselves when our purpose becomes bigger than we are. This is a whole other area of life and what's sad is some people never, ever even find one or two. Some people live a whole entire life that they've never found their purpose. They just exist. And, they've, and because of never finding their purpose, their purpose can never be more than they are because they never found it. So they never find themselves, and they never lose themselves. And you say, Jack, what is this, all this finding and losing and finding and losing? So, well, it's, it's scriptural, and actually Jesus talked about it. And so I want to show this to you. Mark chapter 8. Right here, it says that Jesus says this. He said he called the crowds and disciples to him. And he said, if any of you wants to come after me, you must forget yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. And he continues, and he says, for if you want to save your own life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for me and the gospel, you do what? You save it. You see, this is all our our finding and losing, and it was said right here by Jesus. And it's been one of those scriptures that for years, I've kind of gone, okay, I get it, but yeah, I don't get it fully. So how do we find ourselves? How do we discover our purpose? We do that, we find ourselves by by exactly that, discovering our purpose, discovering what we have. In reading and thinking and praying about this concept, this week, I came to one of the old mainstay verses that we all need to know from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it says, this, it says something, it's, something leapt out at me, something that I, I hadn't seen, well, I've, I've seen, but not to the level with preparing for this. Look what it says here. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and for peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. You see, when I, when I started looking at this, it kind of hit me. And what hit me about this, I always thought about the future part, the outcome part. But what I stopped to really, really recognize is the main, the main part, it's twice in there, is God says, he's been thinking about you. That before you even got up, when you got up this morning, if God greeted you, he said, guess what? I've been thinking about you, and I have some plans for you. I've been thinking about you. You know, have you ever received, like, you're having those days, and you just out of blue receive a text or an instant message or a direct message, and somebody says, hey, I've just been thinking about you today, and I just want you to know some. I'm, I'm thinking about you, and, and you, mean a, you, you mean a lot to me. Or have you ever been in a position where... Um, Somebody that you respect, or somebody that may have been a mentor in life, all of a sudden just writes something to you and says, you know what, I want to tell you I'm proud of you. And I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just glad to know you, and your, your life is just, is just really amazing. What does that do to you? Does that, does that make you feel good? Then in the midst of everything, you just kind of go, wow, oh my gosh, that is so good. And you get this positive feeling. And so it started me saying that God is texting or messaging you. God is saying to you, hey, knock, knock, knock. Hey, guess what? I have been thinking about you. The God of the universe, who last time I checked has a lot of stuff going on, has had a lot of thoughts and been thinking about you. And that's incredible. And so when God is thinking about you, you need to tell the person next to you, look at him and and look right at him and say, and smile him. Give him a big smile and say, guess what? God's been thinking about you. Come on, big smile. Go ahead, give it to him. Go ahead, God's been thinking, and then then go back to him and say, and God has a plan for your life. Go ahead, do it again. Come on, that's pretty lame. Make him feel good about it, saying God has a plan for your life, and then look at him again and look at him and do this and say, and I wish you'd figure it out. (laughs) That might be why some of you brought him here today. All right. You see, God has been thinking about you. So how you may ask? How do we find ourselves? How do we do this? How do we discover and find our purpose? Well, I'm gonna give you a word and I want you to see this. Number one here, ask yourself, what am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? Passion is often linked with purpose. And I say often, I'm gonna explain that in a bit. Often, you know, the relationship between what I love doing and what I should be doing sends me to another level. You know what I mean? Like if I'm gifted for something, if I love it more than anything, and I'm doing it, I just, it's not work at all. Anybody ever had a job where you just love, love it and it's not work? And you just want to stay there. And for somebody else who's there, it is a job to them, and they hate every second of it. But you're just like, I'll do yours too. You know, you're like in that zone because you just are there. And what we see is that passion, passion brings about great energy. It just brings about an intense amount of energy. There, you know, we talk a lot about high energy people or low energy people. There's no such thing. There's high passion and low passion people. That's where the energy comes from if you look at it. You know, some people are so low energy, they are the walking dead. Blah, they just go through life. They're dead, they just haven't pronounced the benediction yet. And they just are there. That this energy is so low. Anybody ever worked with them? Anybody worshiped with them? <laughs> okay? Some of you are laughing a little too hard on that one, right?
0: <laughs>
1: but I will tell you, there is a disclaimer here it is possible. To be passionate about something you're not good at. Have you ever seen, back in the day, the American Idol tryouts early on? Right? You ever wonder where their friends are? I mean, it's so bad. They are so passionate. And they get up there, and they got that mic, and they're getting ready to sing. And it is the worst sound that you've ever heard in your life. And then back in the day where Simon Cowell was there, he'd say, that's terrible. And the other Randy would say, dog, don't sing, dog, right? And Paula would be like, you know, or whoever. Right, you know what I'm talking about? But they are so passionate about it. They are singing, remember that guy, she bang, she bang, you know, whatever. It was awful. He made lots of money by being absolutely horrible for a while there. And every year, we watch the train wreck, don't we? And some of you are demented enough friends, you know they can't sing, and you're like, yeah, you're great, go ahead, and they just want to sit back and watch it. But sometimes, we just need our friends to pull them aside and say, hey, you know, you know, I'm your friend and I love you, but man, you cannot sing. Just keep it quiet, don't, don't embarrass yourself. But there are some people who are like that, time and time, they are passionately horrible about that and we need to kind of help them with it but passion is is this energy thing it it brings about this imagine this incredible energy but passion also sets us apart from others you know we live in a world where it it seems like so some so mundane at times so average and so just going along with everything time and time again just going on and when people who are passionate about something They tend to stand out. Often they don't seek to stand out, but because they are so passionate about that that deal, that they're in this kind of zone, and it distinguishes them time and time again. I remember, uh, like I love the story of somebody named like Mother Teresa. I mean, in case you don't know, there's a lot of nuns who do similar things, but because of her passion for people in Calcutta, India, and the children who many of the rest of the world weren't loving, and for her to leave her wealthy um, upbringing and to leave all that and to go and to be a, a person in life that was so passionate about love for people, it reached the world about who she was. And she wasn't seeking to be the Mother Teresa. She was just seeking to love God and was passionate about those that were with her. I was thinking about just moments in life, particularly in ministry, where I have been uber passionate, let's say. And I remember, you know, one of the things when you're a young pastor, back many years ago, you have a lot of energy and passion and not much sense. And sometimes that's a good thing and other times it's not. But I remember this one time we had decided we were going to have a revival. Anybody remember the days of revivals? Okay, And we decided to have this one. We met with people and we talked about victory in Jesus. And, and some, I remember some people were like, this could be cool. This would be fun to get us together. And and I remember talking about, hey, we'll get groups in and we'll do this. And some people were looking at me like, what are we doing that for? Let's dial it down a little bit. I was like, no, let's get this. We'll have people. And, and this went on for a couple of years. The first ones were really good. But I remember the, the one year where uh, John Hobbs was coming, and I was really excited, John Hobbs and Kenny Davis, and we were really excited. And actually, I believe it was one of the last years that I was there in 2005, and, and we were there. And, and all of a sudden, I remember, like, we were going along well, but I just really believed God was going to do something really awesome. And I remember this one night. It was the last night that... The Spirit fell in that place, and God just filled the place. And, and I think that service went on for hours, and nobody cared. And it was awesome. Yeah, nobody cared. It was a Methodist church, believe that or not. That's a miracle of God anyway, right? Uh, nobody cares about the time. And so this was going on, and, and it was just that moment, and it was just passion. And I was thinking, oh, we can do bigger and better and more. And, you know, It was just there. And I remember about just how God moves in some incredible Ways, I remember when I went to Bethel Church and it was in, uh, in Lewis, and it was kind of a, a difficult time because Melissa and I didn't feel like God had called us from where we were yet, but in the United Methodist Church, they do this thing called musical chairs, and they move you around, and they moved us down there. But when, when it came time that, I, that that's what was going to happen, and we were there, we met with a committee called the SPRC, which is a Staff Parish Relations Committee, I'm bringing back some... Uh, some flashbacks from some people, pray with them while they're there. Okay? So, as they were going through this, there's this group who's never met me before, and they're sitting there and. And I remember before seeing the budget, and the budget was, here's this large church in, um, that had 1,000 members, whatever that means, um, but had, had this membership right in the heart of Lewis. It was an area 2005, 2006 when things were growing and booming, and all, the housing market was, you had a shack and it sold for $300,000, remember those? And it was like down there at this time. And I remember sitting across this group from people, one person was asking me um, who my favorite sports team was, and of course, I gave him everything Philadelphia, and he's like, I like you. Um, and he had tickets. I was like, well, I like you too. Um, so, so we were having those discussions. And meanwhile, it was not happy in my family because there was a lot of conflict. Hannah was six months old. It was a tumultuous time for us. And in the midst of this, there was this guy who sat across, became a very good friend. And he sat across from me, and he was the um, lay leader at the time. And he said, what do you think that's going to happen? And Just because I had this passion about what God could do, I looked across from him, and what I remembered about the budget that was there is that they had cut out all missions. They cut out absolutely every mission because they couldn't make it. They put it on the the budget, and this is July now, but there was 20-some thousand dollars back in 2005 that they could not pay. And so they had it on the budget. And I looked at him across the room and he said, what do you see happening? And it had to, it had to be God or just my kind of, you know, that, that energy that I had at this point. And I looked across t- the table from him in a room of people I didn't know. I said, here's what's going to happen. People are going to come. They're going to know Jesus. The money's going to go up. And every one of those missions is going to be paid by the end of the year. And he looked at me and he told me later, I thought you were the cockiest sucker at that moment. And I said, Hey, and, he, and I said, But it wasn't me. I just had faith in God. I remember the first finance committee meeting walking back into the office and looking at Melissa and saying, This place is a mess. Okay? They were not only $20,000 that they couldn't pay, they were probably $30,000 in the hole. This is July. And I remember that we got into September and we got into October. And the treasurer says, I don't know how this is happening, but we are almost even. And by November, we were up 20-some thousand dollars, and they made a a, uh, commitment said, let's pay all that to mission. And I I looked across the table at Charlie and smiled at him, and he said, I got it. I said, I "I want you all to know this has nothing to do with me. It's about Jesus. Now, as I've aged, some of that kind of says, you better shut up, Jack, right? You make those claims. But it's that passion that's there. That exists And sadly, what begins to happen is the older we get, the more cynical we get, the more frustrated we get about things, and the more we get more wrapped up into that, we forget that God can, and we lose some of that passion that sets us apart in the world. The disciples, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, had passion filled by the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing that we look here, and, you know, uh, we can see how this sets so many others apart, a lot of us have dreams, and I want to say this right now, some of us don't. Some of us don't have personal dreams, and I believe that because God has placed you in a place to go ahead and connect to somebody else's dream, you can help make somebody else's dream happen, and I'll have to give you a perfect example of this. A perfect example of this happened three, four years ago when we were down in Haiti, And some of you know the story, but there's a pastor who's down there who left being an attorney and all kinds of things, Hugues Pierre, and he did that because he had a heart and a love and a vision for Gressier. Yet when we got down there, this group that came with other kinds of people were down there saying, "Um, hey, we're just gonna go ahead and we're gonna help, we're gonna clean, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna move on. But God kept placing on our heart. What can we do to give into this community? Since that time, you all have connected to his Goal, the vision that God gave him, you have transformed and are continually transforming a community and people's lives. Now, some of you may never go down there and sweat and go ahead and shovel and do whatever they want to do, but you are connected to his plan because he took a step of faith, and this church has taken a step of faith to say, hey, we believe in you and make things happen. You are changing lives. So much so that now there's three Haven Community Churches. And I didn't ask one of them, some of them I ain't even met but it's because God called one or two or three or five or 10 to connect to the ministry of one person who when we saw him, thought the bill collectors were gonna come and he was gonna sell his car and sell everything he had so that he could pay the bills to keep going on. That's how you connect to people and you do that every week when you come into this room. I had a vision, God gave me Haven Community Church on a lawnmower, gave me a logo that I made, the old one, and still to this day, It doesn't happen if I'm just standing here, me and Jesus. It happens because you connected and you believe in the vision that God has called. And each of us may have our own dreams as well. If you look at the scripture, the disciples got onto Jesus' vision and his dream. When you look in the Old Testament, Jonathan, who was made to be the next king after Saul, said, wait a second, when he saw David, he said, no, 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 he's the anointed one. I'm gonna be a king maker rather than to be a king myself. What is it and who is it in your life that you wanna connect to? and bring the dream there. Second question, what are my gifts? What am I good at? What are my strengths? And when you find your gifts, you will be very good at it. It will be natural for you. You know those people who just like can play any instrument in the world? Like they never have a lesson, they they play it and you're like, how do you do that? I could take lessons for days and days and days and never and months and years and never have have it. But you'll just be natural, it'll be good for you. You're going to have an opportunity to use it. God does not give you a spiritual gift and want you to just hold on to it. He wants you to have an opportunity to use it. The other thing, as we just talked about, you will be energized by it. A spiritual gift gives energy you won't wear out. You may need to take a break, but you're ready to jump back in. Have you ever been in an area of weakness and it's just torturous for you? Churches are good about putting people in areas of their weakness, or we have, a, we have a spot to fill, and we need somebody in there, and let's just drive you crazy. Like, some of you may be gifted for Sunday school, for the nursery age, some people, and for the young people, that may be you. Some of you, that sounds like you've died and gone to hell, am I right? Right? Some of you say, I, I'll do the kids, but adults, I don't want to talk to them, I don't like them, right? You may have that. So, you need to be in your, in your area, you need to be energized by it. You need to be energized by it. Um. You know, for years, for years, like when you become a pastor, um, they kind of say, hey, here you go. So you, most people, a lot of people get in job because they say, hey, I like to preach. I like the word of God. I feel gifted and connected there. And you find that. And I remember early on when I would do spiritual gifts assessments, my administration was always like, boom. Because if some of you don't know me, I have to fight against flying by the seat of my pants. I used to call it the Holy Spirit. Um, but it drove people crazy, okay? And the Holy Spirit doesn't drive people that crazy. It was more me just going by the seat of my pants, and, and that's how I did. And I had to learn, and I had to struggle, but still, it's a, it's a fight for me. When I hear uh, meeting tonight, I go, oh, really? Meetings? Ugh. I don't like meetings. Anybody like meetings? Some of you are passionate about it. Some people are like, we got a meeting, can we do it? And you're like, yeah, right? And some of you are like, yes, meetings, let's go. You pull out Robert's Rules of Order, and I want to hit you with it, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Anybody ever follow Robert's Rules of Order? I want to find Robert, okay, you know what I mean? So, but we have these kind of things, and I remember, remember these situations, and I just struggled with it. And then I realized, why is it so draining to me? And an and epiphany came. That's not my giftedness. That's not where I'm rolling. Can I do it? Yeah, but my zone is something completely different. And so what I began to realize is I need people in my life who are gifted there and who enjoy that and who love that and who, and who are passionate about it and surround myself and empower them to be those, in those areas. The next thing is that if, in your gift, you will have the capacity to develop it as well. You have the capacity to develop it. So that's how we can find ourselves. In the last couple minutes, I'm going to give you a couple brief things about how we can lose ourselves. That's how you get your passion. Anybody getting anything out of this today? All right. We lose ourselves when we give our purpose to something bigger than us. Something bigger than you. Jesus said, lose your life to follow me and for the gospel, and then you'll gain it for eternity. How do we lose it? When you are bigger, let me say it this way, when you are bigger than your purpose, you have a career. I know many people in life who have a career and their whole job is, um, their whole, excuse me, not job, but their whole purpose for existing in this career is um, how can I, I want to talk about me. How can I get um, more advancement? How can I achieve more? How can I be bigger? How can I do this? How can I go there? How can I reach another level? How can I, 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 I be here? And you can tell that often their whole entire life will be focused around what they can do to rise to another area so that they can get to a point where they can leave that and, 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 and go to a higher existence for themselves. And when you have yourself bigger than your purpose, that is a career. But oh, when you, ha- when you have a purpose <coughs> that is bigger than you, you have a calling. When you lose yourself In the midst of everything, you get a calling, and here's some steps that you can figure that out by. Step one is, often as I've seen, you know, originally we start off, (coughs) I want to make a difference. And I think many of us, everybody here may have said, you know what, I want to make a difference. I want to start off and make a difference. I I want to do something in my life that matters. And that's how we start these kind of career paths and and calling paths. And then we, as as we move more to this calling, we say, I want to make a difference in doing something that makes a difference. I want to do something that has more significance than just widgets here and there. I want to do something that has has something else to do with it, (coughs) even maybe something that may have an eternal significance. Then the third step we get to is I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference with people who make a difference. Because then you start to realize that if it's all about you and in that career thing that you rise higher yourself, that there comes a limit to what a single person can do. You can only do so much. No matter how many people you're in charge of, there reaches a limit, and so you need a team. And and I heard somebody once say that teamwork brings the dream. The team brings the dream. The dream. That you need others in your life to go ahead and achieve that. So that's what you want to do. And then the fourth step in this is I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference with people who make a difference at a time that makes a difference. And the older we get, we realize the older we get in life, we start to say, well, how am I going to write the remainder of this life and I want to really make an impact in the time that I have left. If I'm a mist, how much of that mist do I have left? And how much before it goes away can i make an impact in those areas because the big question that we ask that i think a lot of people want to ask and many people ask it completely when they're getting to the end of life but i want you to do that before the end of life is am i living a life of success or significance Am I living a life of success or, diff- or significance? And you say, well, what's the difference? You see, there's so much in our society about success, and when we focus completely on success, we focus on what the world says is su- successful, what the world is good. And you say, well, people do this, and, we t- and you know, when we talk about people being successful, what do we do? We talk about what they do, or what they earn, or who knows them, and how prominent they are in life. But significance comes with something different, in life, Success is when I add value to myself. When I constantly add value to myself, then I'm successful. But significance is when I add value to others. Don't miss this, don't miss this. You, we don't lose ourselves in success. You find purpose maybe in success. But we lose ourselves in significance. We lose ourselves because the purpose that we have becomes greater than we are, because our way is bigger than us, and that's God's will and zone for all of us. That we that what what did uh, John the Baptist say? I must become lesser so that he could become greater. You see, John John the Baptist was a rock star. People went out in the desert to see him, and he would tell them, brood of vipers, and he'd be like, oh, did you hear what he called me? Let me go back again and see what he says. They wanted to see him, but when Jesus came, he said, oh, wait. There's the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world away. Don't follow me. Follow him. Matter of fact, some Scripture writes that John's followers were saying, people are leaving to follow Jesus. And he said, good, awesome, because it's not about me. It's not about my success. I must become lesser, so he must become greater. You see, for John the Baptist, significance in Christ totally took over any success in himself. You see, he he found his purpose, but more importantly, that he lost himself in it. You see, our purpose in life. I I asked this question one time of a class. And I went around the room and I asked this class, I said, what is your purpose? And the blank stares of people. And what I realized as I thought about this, most of their purposes related to success. That they wanted to go, Didn't no matter what age. Now some would say to be a good parent, mom or dad, or, which went a little bit more. And they came to me and they said, Cohen, because that's kind of what they call me. They said, Cohen, what's yours? And I said, I don't have to tell you. I'm the teacher. And they said, no, no, you got to tell us. You got to tell us. And I stopped and I sat there and I went like this. And I said, this may sound bad, but I believe that my purpose in life is to give my life away. And they stopped and they looked at me like, that's interesting. Some of us would say, that's that's." You should be more selfish. But see, I've, I've found my purpose at times in life. But now I'm in that point of life where I don't need success. Early on, I wanted to be in like the Billy Graham kind of stuff. I don't need that. I don't want that. All I want is to be significant and to pour my life out for you in many ways because he poured his life out for me. What life do you want to live do you want to live that life of success until it's done? Or do you want to live a life of significance where you pour yourself into people for eternal purposes? What do you want most? Do we want more stuff? Do we want more resi- re- recognition? Do we want more success? Or do we want less of us and more of him? You see, in Rome, as we close and as the worship team comes up, Romans 12 says this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Why do you follow Jesus? Do we follow Jesus for what he has for me? Do I follow Jesus For what I need him to do for me? Yeah, that's how we get found. That's how the sinner gets found. But I believe that God, just as he called called the disciples and said, follow me, and they found him, if it just meant that he followed him to the the end of the block, they never got the chance to lose their lives for him. The question for us is, do we follow him because we want to lose everything in him to gain? So I want you to stand up today, and that's how we... Find God's purpose on this Labor Day weekend as we seek him. What are you going to? As we sang, I will build my life upon your love. Ask yourself, what am I building my life from? Look at our lives. Remember we started at what is our calendar? What are all these things done by where is God's calling? What do I really want the will of God? You must have because that was the number one question. You want to know the will of God. It's not it seems so easy, doesn't it? To find our purpose to find our spiritual giftedness, and to serve God in that realm. We like finding purpose, but often we don't like significance over success. And so God, as we are here today with our, with our hands lifted before you and our minds focused on you, we're looking forward to some relaxation time. I pray that you will, you will speak to us, that you will have us look at our lives You have us look at everything and I'm reminded of that that story of that second month of nursing school where the professor said to her students, I want to ask you a question. What is the name of that woman who cleans the school? And one by one, the students had seen this cleaning woman time after time after time. She was a dark-haired lady in her mid-50s. But anybody said, how do I know her name? After the class, that one student went up to the teacher and said, does my grade depend on it? And the teacher said, yes, absolutely. Because in your life, you will meet people who are significant, yet you don't recognize it. Be significant in everything that you do. And so God, I ask that you just call us into the significance of your Holy Spirit here. That that energy that we once had when we first came to you, I pray that God, you'll do it again in our lives. That right now, as I'm speaking and winding this down, that you will rekindle that fire of the Holy Spirit in us. That when, when we see something that everybody else says, it can't happen, that if we have passion and a purpose, that we say, all right, yeah, it can. I can't, but you, God, can, and I'm ready to can. Take us to a new level. Take this church, take each one of us to a new level of faith in you. God, do it as you did before and do it again in each area of our lives. And we'll give you all the praise and glory and honor. As John the Baptist said, God, may we become lesser so you become greater in our lives. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won for you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me. This is my comfort is you never fail.
1: Pray that God will do it again in your lives. Next week, we're going to have our second one. Um, Help, I'm stressed. Anybody stressed in life? Okay, that's the second one you asked for. Second one, we're going to talk about how to deal with stress. Have a great week and don't stress tomorrow. You're off.